Hello and welcome to We Random episode 81. We are recording this live on June 7, 2022. This is the random podcast. We talk about random stuff. Brian will tell you a little bit more about that. But first, you know, I saw this really, really nice car the other day. But uh, man, the muffler seemed exhausted. Exhausted. That's right, everybody. We'll be right back after this. Almost Qualified Productions. Your dose of semi-coherent babbling. Welcome to We Random, episode 81. I'm Landmark. That's Skanzi. Say hello to the people, Skanzi. Hey, what's up, everybody? So, for those of you who have been watching, you know the technical difficulties that we've been experiencing. For those of you who are looking at the podcast, you will notice that there is a static image of me instead of a full-bodied boy. Well, we can't figure out why my video is not working for Sconzi, so you just get the disembodied voice of me, or as we would call it, pandemic landmark. So... <laughs> How's everything going tonight, Scotty? What's going on for you? What good words do you have for our people today before we get this moving? You know, the good words are, it's not Monday. That's fair. So, I thought so, yeah. For those of you who are new to the show, we have our random Wheel of Doom. We have loaded this baby with some stories. It's going to spin, and I will guarantee you that we are going to get mad online tonight. But before we get mad online, we will bring you what we call the positive point. And the positive point is going to set the tone for the podcast because at least one of our stories will be a positive. All right. What do you got for us? Oh, wait. I got to do the thing. Oh, yeah. I, I almost forgot. Music. Hopefully it works because everything else has been broken tonight. It is time for positive point. <laughs> So, as you uh, loyal listener know, we on this podcast tend to have our ideologies lean a little bit more to the left than they do to the right. But today, we are going to give some kudos to Republican Governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, who signed a bipartisan law into effect, joining 20 other states that have abolished traffic ticket and arrest quotas for police. A previous standard of protection expected of Alexandria, Virginia officers was to issue eight tickets per 10 shift hours or face performance improvement courses. By curtailing these quotas, Virginia drivers will hopefully free themselves from a long-tolerated state characteristic of over-policing, not to mention the terrible traffic resulting from the officers stopping individuals to bother them about taillights, windshields, or five miles an hour over the speed limit. So, <laughs> Scotty, I thought that this was a positive story in the sense that we've talked a lot about interactions between police and civilians. If we know that there are police who are held to a ticket quota, that means that those individuals are going to be inserting themselves into situations where there may or may not be tensions that can be heightened. So, by taking away this required quota, that may make things safer for 
everyone because you're not forcing these individuals into situations. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, ideally, you know, interactions with police would be uh, such a non-issue that this wouldn't be that big of a deal. But we know that it is an issue, especially for a certain groups of people in, in our country. Um, so, like, it just it just doesn't make sense to add senseless reasons to pull people over, which is basically what this is, right? Like, if you're telling somebody you have to write this many tickets because if you don't, you're in trouble, they're going to look for any reason possible to write tickets, right? So not only is it not only is it an issue because you're increasing the number of police and uh, civilian interactions, but what happens once they write this ticket, right? Like, if I'm going two miles an hour over the speed limit and you stop me and want to write me a ticket... I'm probably going to go to court and not just write a, you know, a $500 check, right? So now we're wasting the times in the in the court and we're, you know, it's just there's so many bad things that come from this. It's like it's stupid. There's no reason that this, this uh, type of, of, of performance enhancement or performance review type thing should be on the books. Yeah. So I wanted to give credit where credit was due. So I think that this is a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Now, are you ready, Sconzi, to get mad online? Well, I'm ready to talk about some stuff online. Let's, 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 just, right. let's just see. And first, we're going to talk about the Tempe Police Department, who uh, apparently, right. apparently only sometimes know how to swim. All right. So... Three police officers in Arizona have been placed on administrative leave after they reportedly watched a man drown in Tempe Town Lake. The incident began as a reported domestic violence situation at Tempe Beach Park between a man identified as Sean Bickings and his wife. Both denied that any fight had taken place. Officers, according to a statement, told the two that they would be running their names through a database that is used to check whether people have outstanding arrest warrants, which is a standard procedure. That check had not yet been completed when Bickings decided to slowly climb over a four-foot metal fence and enter the water. The statement read, officers informed this individual that swimming was not allowed in the lake. The individual swam about 30 to 40 yards before repeatedly indicating that he was in distress. He soon went underwater and did not resurface. So basically the context of this statement was to say, you know, this domestic dispute was called in. These police came. They talked to them about it. They ran this information, at which point this individual like went and jumped in this lake. And the police officers were like, dude, we ain't coming in there. And then he drowned. And they were just like, well... So, what do you got on this, Gonzi? What are your thoughts here? You know, like, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of things here, right? So, there, there was a lot of comments about, you know, the, the cops called for help, yada, yada. Somebody was coming with a boat, um, whatever the case may be. I get that. Um, but how hard is it to save somebody, you know? Like... Like, yes, this guy put himself in a stupid situation, whether it's whatever happened to get the police called there to begin with, and obviously he jumped off a bridge in the water, which is stupid. But aren't police supposed to protect and serve? Like, isn't that kind of what their deal is? Like, isn't that what they put all over their fancy cars that we pay for? Um, and, you know, I, I, I stumbled onto something related to this uh, on Twitter just before the show tonight. And 
there's a news article, and I don't I don't know what the date was on this, but I, I believe it was recent, where there's this huge newspaper article talking about how special the Tempe Police Department is because they went into the water and saved a dog. So clearly, Tempe police officers know how to swim when a dog is in danger, but a black man, eh, you know, whatever. I, I that, that's that's probably not a good thing. Yeah, this is one of those situations that it's unfortunate because, you know, it, it's just, it's not a great situation. No, it's really not. And, and it's just, it, it's, I, I just don't know what more to say. Like, I understand that this specific as an officer may not be trained as a lifeguard, as Matthew's talking about on Facebook here. Um, I get that. But... When you, when you look through this article and you talk about the fact that while this guy's drowning, they're yelling at the, the woman that was involved and we're going to throw you in the car. This guy repeatedly kept saying, hey, I'm drowning. I need help. I'm, I'm struggling. And uh, like the, the cop literally was like, I'm not jumping in after you. Like, just go ahead and die. Like, like how callous do you have to be in that situation? Like, it's just, it's, it's just, it's disgusting. It, that's all it is. Disgusting. Yeah, like, what I would like to know is, like, what is the proper protocol in this situation? Was the proper protocol followed? And then if it was, why is that the proper protocol, right? More from, like, that systemic lens to figure out, is this just one person going rogue and just saying, nope, you created this situation, you get your way out of it? Or did this person follow a protocol that maybe needs to be revisited? Well, then why aren't we firing the officers that jumped in the water and saved a dog? Well, you can't have it both ways. It can't be, oh, it's okay to save a dog, but it's not okay to save a person. Like you That's can't, what I'm you saying. What is the protocol? Like, it's, it's the protocol. Yeah. It's just, it's just like regardless of the circumstances, you can kind of boil it down to it's one more opportunity that the cops had to potentially save a black person and decided not to. So there you go. Yeah. I'm Fair spinning. Enough. So cool. Uh, the West Africa study. This one was interesting. All right. So researchers from the University of Chicago published a study that provides experimental evidence that offering at-risk men a few weeks of behavioral therapy plus a bit of cash could reduce the future risk of crime and violence even years after the intervention. In the study, 999 Liberian men were split into four groups. One group received cognitive behavioral therapy, while another group got $200 in cash. A third group got the therapy plus the cash, and there was a control group that got nothing. A month after the intervention, both the therapy group and the therapy plus cash group were showing positive results. A year after the intervention, the positive effects on those who got therapy alone had faded a bit, but those who got the therapy plus the cash were still showing impacts. Crime and violence were down about 50%. Even years later, those trends still showed to be true. So this is interesting because it kind of dovetails into some of the stuff that we've talked about in terms of like universal basic income and things like that. And also providing individuals mental health resources, right? So it kind of brings together a lot of these separate threads in, in what is probably a, you know, not one-to-one -one study, but in a study that's interesting, you know, it showed some positive results. 
So an interesting thing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I had a lot of thoughts when I read this. And, and if you're interested, this is one worth worth reading because it's a fairly lengthy article. And I guess not super long, but like we're not going to be able to dig into each and every little piece of it. But when I read it, my first thought was this is kind of cool. And then it was very immediately followed by this ain't going to work in America. And that's and that and that second reaction is why I wanted to talk about this because I'm interested in in wonder I, like I wonder if this could work. I think you know Liberia and the United States are very very different situations, right? Like from different countries, people are facing different situations, different circumstances. People have different opportunities. Um, I think there's a lot of different things. I still think that therapy could be very beneficial if people are actually participating in it if they are open to therapy and, and what some of the benefits can be. Um, but I'm curious as to whether this is something that can work and how it might need to be molded or potentially be molded to make it work a little bit better. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts, B? Is this something that could work in, in our country, in Chicago? What do you define as work? Well, they have very clear... They, they very clearly call out what, what, is, what is good, right? Like, People are not committing crimes. People are not killing people. People are not going to prison. Like that, that, it's pretty clearly outlined here. So the reason I ask that question is because it's all depending on what people's desired outcomes are, right? Like if you take again 999 American men, for example, and you put them through this, you're going to lose some. You're going to have some that are successful. I think this really all, and I guess what I don't know is. What is the kind of system of, I want to say system of oppression, but I don't know if that's the right term, but like, what is the system in Liberia versus what is the system here, right? Because if these individuals that you put into this program already have a criminal record, it's going to be incredibly difficult for them to get work. It's going to be incredibly difficult for them to advance their education. It's going to be incredibly difficult to, for them to do all of these things in America. And I don't know if that's the same over in Liberia or if it's not or what, because I think that is a major barrier, right? Because you can educate someone, give them the therapy that they need, give them a basic income, but if they're not able to get a job because of their previous record or they're not able to you know go to school because of x y and z there's a ceiling there that is going to cap their ability to be quote successful right mm -hmm. like that's that's kind of the lens that i look at it from because could there be moderate success yes i think it's always good if you're educating people about managing their emotions and handling anger appropriately and how to handle their money and things like that but we are a society where money is at a premium like you always need to have money to do everything and you know like they talked about it was like you know, $200 in Liberia. Like, I don't know what the equivalent to what they right. gave would be in United States dollars, but $200 in America is one trip to the grocery store these days, right? So it it, it would go pretty quick. Yeah, no, I agree. And, that, and those the things you call out are exactly the reason why I wanted to have this conversation because things are very, very different here, right? And we, we've talked before about the fact that not only is it a money thing, right? I think that's a big part of it, but... But there's also that whole, and, and we kind of talked about this a little bit off stream, is is the, I call it the the winning thing, right? Like we have to win at everything. And I mean, I just kind of think about 
some person, some younger person, because I think more often than not, that's what they're kind of aiming for with this, some younger person who maybe they go to therapy and maybe they start to turn things around. But what happens when all their peers are, are, are talking to them about, well, let's just go, you know, knock over this liquor store or, hey, let's let's go st- steal that Kia down the street or, you know, let's let's uh, graffiti the school or whatever the case may be. How is that person going to stand up? How are they going to deal with that? And I think that that's one of the big questions and how things could change a little bit in, you know, in America versus how it might be in, in Liberia. Right. And, you know, the only way that we know is to try. So it is good. And one of the things that's mentioned in the article, for those of you who have not seen it, is they want to try this as a pilot program in Chicago Mm -hmm. to see what might happen. Yeah. And, you know, Matthew brings up a really good point on Facebook, which is we really need to focus on trying to build a a sense of community uh, and his, his comment disappeared because, you know, Matthew had to write a whole lot more because that's what he does. Um, and it's kind of the same thing, which is really people don't, a lot of people don't look to others as being part of a community, part of our tribe, part of our group of people, right? Like if we think about, I, I always go to a lot of the crime that we see here in Milwaukee and obviously there's, there's a lot of different crime, right? There's a lot that murder rate is, is high in Milwaukee and um, obviously we talk a lot about the car thefts and that kind of garbage and breaking into people's houses and all that stuff. And I think a big part of that is because people are seeing other people, not as fellow human beings, not as fellow people in my community, but as just some person, some sucker, someone who has something that I can get and I can make money off of it. And, and, uh, I think that like, they're not going to go to their next door neighbor or they're going, they're going to their cousin's house and steal something. From their, well, some of them will, cause you know. But, but that's, that's not the thing. Let's find some strange person that I don't know. And I think that the, I think a big part of that is because there is really no community. People aren't looking out for one another. People are just kind of doing their own thing. And, and it's like, I got to get mine. And if I get one over on you, well, tough on you, man. And, and I think that that's a problem. So I agree with you, Matthew. I think that sense of community is something that's definitely lacking. And I know, you know, I just bought my first house a year ago, almost, almost exactly a year ago. And, uh, I never really had a sense of community. I don't know that I still do all that much, but I'm trying. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to get to know people around me and kind of build that community feel a little bit and even stretch it beyond just me and my immediate neighbors, but to my, you know, my actual neighborhood. How do we, how do we become more of a group? And I think that we need more of that. that that's kind of my personal thought. Yeah, and that's, I think, where it gets back to your perspective of winning and being the best. And, like, our society is built on – there's a lot of things in our society where we push each other down so that we can be lifted up, right? And it's kind of like that video that you sent to talking about – that we talked about off stream where it's like we're taught from such an early age that we have to be the best, have the best, do the best, be the best speller, be the – person who finishes first in the 50 yard dash right like i need to get this and then that's all ramped up in these communities where these people know from day one only so many people quote unquote make it out of here right Right. and maybe making it out isn't actually leaving but making it out means that you are no longer the target you are the hunter instead of the hunted in some ways right Like, you're the boss on the block, so to speak. And, like, that's all part of that, like, winning culture. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm trying to find that video. It was a video, right, that I shared with you? Yeah, it was just, like, a short video clip. 
Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. I, I, I'm scrolling through and all I see are screenshots from out of the park baseball. So uh, <laughs> I'll have to find that. And uh, once I get it, I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, I thought it was very, very poignant. And it was really an aha moment for me. And uh, I think Brian did a good job of kind of summarizing it. It's like, you know, I, I have this belief that as, as a country, we're driven from that winner's mentality, right? And and I think it ties into sports. I think it ties into education. I think it ties into business. And it certainly ties into crime is that, you know, people don't want to be that sucker. They want to be the person on top. You have to get ahead. You got to be number one. You got to win. And I think that that's, I mean, even if we look at our freaking elected officials who, who should be people that you can look up to and aspire to be and be like, that's all they do, right? That's all they're doing is they're trying to win. They're trying to be the best. They're trying to get reelected. They're trying to get that money, trying to get more powerful. And I think that's all we see everywhere as opposed to people just loving one another and just just, just existing and, and living your best life and trying to help others live their best life. And that's not what we're doing. And, and I, so I think that that kind of permeates all of us. So I'll keep looking. And if uh, when I find that video, I'll make sure that I put it in the show notes. And I'll, I'll add it in awesome. the Discord too if you guys want to watch it. Cool. All right, I'll spin. Do it. If I can find my mouse over here. Too many monitors. All right, here we go. We're spinning. Talk about Microsoft and unions. This was. This is probably going to be a very short conversation, but uh, I saw this and I kind of chuckled and I said, I'm going to add it to the run sheet. Microsoft is leaving the door open to employees who want to form or join a union. The tech giant will, quote, respect the right of its workers to organize and is committed to creative and collaborative approaches to work with unions, according to Microsoft's president and vice chair, Brad Smith. Microsoft could be engaging with a union sooner rather than later. That's thanks to its yet-to-be-completed $68.7 billion acquisition of video game company Activision Blizzard. A group of quality assurance employees at Raven Software, a gaming studio owned by Activision, has voted to form a union recently. So, the union conversation is something that's come up more in recent you know, weeks and months based on, you know, employees kind of trying to turn the tables here on big business and saying, hey, like, we want to fight for equality for all of us and not that whole, again, like the, I got mine, too bad for you. Like, that in some ways is one of the better parts of unions is that it fights for the rights of everyone in the union and not just like one person gets paid and everybody else is on their own. Yeah, you know, I, I will fully admit up front, I am not an expert on unions. I don't, I don't know a lot about unions. I should probably read up on it, um, to be honest. I, I've never belonged to a union, um, although I think I was close in one of my previous jobs, maybe. Um, but, but the thing that I do know is I know that business isn't looking out for the people that work for them. Like there are different, there are varying things, right? Like some businesses like maybe do certain things to care about people or your individual leaders may care about you. Um, but in the end, like business is going to replace you in a heartbeat if they decide that they want to or need to. Right. And mm -hmm. they're going to pay you as little as they possibly can. Cause why would they pay you an extra 50,000 a year if they don't have to? Like, we're not going to do that. That's 50,000 extra for us. Right. So I think that there's, there's a, a need for people to be able to take care of themselves a little bit more and take back some of that power. And in, in my li very limited 
understanding of unions, I think that's a big part of what they do. Now, I know that there's a lot of sketchy history with unions. I know that, you know, people worry about union dues and all that kind of stuff. But in the end, I think that that collective bargaining is very, very important. And I think it's great that we're starting to see that happen in a lot of different places, right? We've talked about the Amazon workers. I think it was in New York who were able to unionize. There's a whole bunch of Starbucks that are starting to unionize. And uh, the fact that Microsoft is getting out in front of this now, could this be a little bit of a, hey, we want to look like the good guy? Maybe, right? Microsoft just uh, put in an offer. They got an accepted offer to buy Activation Blizzard. There are people actively trying to unionize in that company. So this could be part of that too, just to say, hey, you know what? We're we're fine. You can do that. Come on over. Like there could be a lot of angles to this, right? Because whenever it comes to big business, I'm always a little bit skeptical. But the fact that they're coming out and saying this um, I think is at least a really good first step. I think it's a good thing. I think we need more of this as opposed to, you know, other people who might make stupid business decisions. Yep. Makes sense to me. All right, I'm spinning. I did put the link in the chat for everybody um, for that uh, that video. It's a link to a uh, Twitter, a tweet under the Twitter. Um, oh, geez. This is Ohio verification what are we verifying like if you're old enough to drink you have to check your id is that how this is nope but we are going to definitely be verifying something so republicans in the ohio state house advanced a bill that if implemented would allow for a verification process to prevent transgender women and girls from participating in female athletics do you know how this bill came about skanzi no please tell me so, the chamber was originally set to pass a bill to revise Ohio's teacher residency program, which allows newer teachers to train under more experienced teachers. A GOP amendment added language shortly before the final vote, requiring that schools, state universities, and private colleges establish a separate, quote, single-sex team for the male sex and the female sex. The bill states that if an athlete's sex is disputed, they are required to show a doctor's statement indicating the participant's sex based on their internal and external reproductive anatomy, normal produced levels of testosterone, and an analysis of the participant's genetic makeup. Under current Ohio law, a transgender woman must either undergo a year of hormone treatment or demonstrate that they do not have any physical or physiological advantages. The bill does not detail what constitutes a student's gender being in dispute, nor are age limits listed, which means that technically anyone could face this dispute and need to undergo this verification process. So... I had some interesting thoughts on this. I saw a lot of talk about this online over the weekend. I don't know if you saw it, but I want to kind of gauge your initial reactions before I throw out my initial reactions to the world. Well, I think um, old man Wiggum took the words right out of my mouth. The wee random dick of the week. So uh, happy Pride, everybody. This is how we're celebrating Pride this year. Um, we are going to make young boys and girls get groped in their private areas in Ohio. Apparently, that's what, that's what we want to do. Um, I mean, the, like, the part about this, so what really kind of was challenging for me about this is there was a parent who was out there and was like, look, I have a 10-year-old girl who's in sports. My girl is very good at this sport. If someone were to decide that they did not like the fact that my girl is good at this sport, they could make my 10-year-old girl go to the doctor and have fingers put in her vagina yeah. so that 
she can play this sport so that you want to traumatize my 10 year old girl because you don't like her like get over yourself like we're traumatizing people just for the sake of like again one of the things that really grinds my gears is a lot of people in the GOP will take like one example one example they'll be like see this is the one example as to why we need to do this when you're not thinking about the dozens and hundreds and thousands of people that could be disenfranchised by this there could be a you know black girl who is the best girl in her class and somebody would be like you know what I'm going to make you go through this because this policy doesn't say that you can't right like yeah. people could use this as an incredibly vile policy to try to basically force people into a very uncomfortable situation or force them to quit their sport because they don't like it yeah this this is this really kind of follows the the horrible precedent that texas set with uh their transgender thing right which is you're kind of taking the power out of the powers that be and you're putting it into regular people's hands and saying you know this way this way we can quote unquote make it legal because these other people are reporting this they're the ones that are doing this and i mean you're you're going to be traumatizing children right uh which is which is completely unacceptable and let's just say that this does happen to be i mean even if it isn't somebody who's transgender like kids at this age like they, they are incredibly fragile and now all of a sudden like some kid who maybe doesn't doesn't know their sexuality maybe they're questioning it maybe they're too young to even know to think about it now all of a sudden they're being asked are you are you really a boy are you really a girl are you whatever the case may be um it's 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 abhorrent it is disgusting it is fucking ridiculous i like i am i am 100 percent open if if we want to have uh legitimate and um what's the term i want and like like fair and reasonable. honest reasonable conversation about do we need to change the way that sports are separated do we need to look at is testosterone something that should be measured? I don't know. Like, I don't know any of these answers. I think that if there is a, a and there's a specific term that I want that I'm totally missing. Fair use keeps coming to mind, but that's not the right one. But like, like if people are actually open to have a true and honest conversation, I'm okay with that. But, but that's not what this is. This is specifically something to attempt to cut down transgender people. That's, that's really what this is. And I think that I can't, I couldn't have said it myself and I'm trying to stay very even keeled today if you haven't figured that out. Um, but I'm just going to quote our friend Matthew who said, fuck this law. Everyone who voted for it deserves to be repeatedly, I think that's what you mean, reputedly, repeatedly, reputedly punched in the nuts. I mean, unless they don't have nuts, then we'll say face. But regardless, yeah, like this is, this is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and you know, to be to play the other side of this, the Republican governor there has gone on record to say, "Hey, like I don't think we need to be legislating this. We should just leave it to each individual like organization to figure out what they want to do." Yeah. But, you know, these other people don't actually listen to their constituents. So, yeah. <laughs> we get stuff like this. Yeah. Yay. And we just have to hope that it fails as it moves down the line. Fingers crossed. All right, I, I pre I preemptively spun. I uh, went a little bit early. See, now this one might get me angry. B, let's talk about our beloved Milwaukee Brewers. 
All right, we are going to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. Our Milwaukee Brewers have hit some struggles recently. Injuries to Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Willie Adamas, Hunter Renfro, and others have led to the team's depth being sapped. The team is 4-6 and six in their last 10. They just finished an 18-game and 17-day stretch, going 9-9. Nine and nine. The guy they paid to be a transcendent hitter, Christian Yelich, doesn't have a hit in June and has one RBI since May 13th. Lorenzo Kane, veteran center fielder, is hitting 169 and admits that mentally he doesn't know what to do up there right now, saying that his swing is all over the place. So, Sconzi, how are we feeling about our Milwaukee Brewers? But they are who we thought they were. I really wanted to use the other one, but I had to use this one because I don't think I've used it on the stream yet. Uh, You're not. I was honestly expecting the... <laughs> they fucking they suck. Fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we went with Denny Green. Uh, this, like, I hate to be negative about the Brewers, and I know that sometimes I am overly negative. I know that. But this is who they are. Like, I'm not the end-all, be-all, but they're bad. They're bad hitters. They're bad hitters. <laughs> We know that they're bad hitters. Anybody with half a brain knows that they're bad hitters. David Stern certainly must know they're bad hitters. They're just hoping that, you know, they just string together that two hits they're going to get for the month at the right time. And it's just, this is not a huge surprise. Now, obviously, injuries are, are hurting them a lot. Um, yep. So that's a big I mean, part of this, but like none yeah. of the, none of this is a shock. None of this is a no, shock. No, I mean it's really the injuries, right? Because as we as you just talked about, they always try to ride the wave. They got to go, okay, so we get two guys that are hot, and those guys are going to carry the offense. Well, Adamas is out. Renfro's out. Urias was out for a little bit. They yep. were, you know, Jace Peterson had a weekend where he carried the offense. Tyrone Taylor had a couple days where he carried the offense, but then nobody else is hitting. So it's kind of that whole thing where you're missing bodies, which means you're missing that whole, like they don't have consistency. That is their problem. And yep. they paid Christian Yelich to be the person who is consistent. And the one consistent thing that he does is get on base. He will take his walks. Like we'll give him that, but hitting is not his his jam right now fielding is not his jam right now so it's kind of one of those things where they're in a pretty rough spot when you are looking at tyrone taylor or jace peterson or mike brosseau or any of these other guys who are like yeah that's the guy that i want up in this situation you know like right. a career 210 hitter or whatever in the major leagues that's the guy that we want no like, and again, some people will go, oh, it's just batting average. We don't care about batting average. We care about Woba. Woba is the best debt since ZR. And mm -hmm. like, no, like there's, and again, the other part of this that is the pendulum that has swung is that they rely on their pitching. But right now yep. they're down two of their best five. They've had multiple guys make their major league debut in the last week. And to be fair, a couple of those guys came up and pitched really well. Mm -hmm. Like they're they figured out their pitching, and I think that's something that we, you know, being Brewers fans as long as we have been, like we in the Brewers history, other than the last like year or two, have we been like, oh, the pitching's fine, right? <laughs> like right, right. the pitching is fine, but the hitting is just not consistent, and that's going to be their Achilles heel. It was their Achilles heel last year in the playoffs. Yeah. It was their, you know, the pitching was their Achilles heel in 2018 because I know that you will never let your grudge with Jeremy Jeffers die. Nope. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, that, that's where we're at. 
Yeah, and, and you know, to Wiggum's point, this, this team was built on pitching and defense because trying to get hitting is expensive. Not as expensive as getting pitching, but they could build around pitching because they had, you know, two or three studs that, that they brought up. So they're super cheap right now. And uh, and then they, they got some bullpen arms that do pretty well. And I don't know what they got, like, in the water, but clearly they're doing pretty darn well with, with their pitching. Even some of these journeyman guys that they're bringing in are, are pitching really well. So clearly they've got something figured out with pitching, which is great because it's, you know, you pay through the nose for pitching. So they're able to get by with that, which is great. And again, that's why I play the Denny Green fucking sound, right? Because because they are who we thought they were. They're exactly who he knows that they are. They're not going to hit. And, and that's why I get so pissed about it is because we saw it last year. Like last year was what you can expect from this team. Sure, they make the playoffs because they're, they're pitched well enough they can get there, but they're, they're going to lose one to nothing games because they can't do a goddamn thing at the plate, and that's a problem. So, like, all they're really relying on, and, and again, I'm just beating a dead horse because this is the same thing that I say every time. They're counting on Craig Council, who is the best manager in the game, um, Jeremy Jeffress aside, uh, to, to pick the right guy in the right moment, and, and he does that better than anybody else. But he's not going to be perfect at it. Nobody can be perfect at it. And so they just they just need to hope that they get a couple of guys and get some base hits and that they win a bunch of two-to-one games. That's, that's basically what they're hoping for. So I don't know. Like, this is, this is what I've expected. This is why I've been kind of pissed about where the team is at. And, and the Yelich thing is just, to Matthew's point, like, he hasn't been right since he got injured a couple years back. And um, maybe it's just that. But it seems like it's a little bit more than that. And uh, I don't know, hopefully he comes back because we're paying him a crap ton of money that we can't afford to pay for somebody who is hitting as poorly as what he's doing. So hopefully he gets something figured out. Like Lorenzo Cain, the guy's 112 years old. Like you you would have expected he's going to fall off a cliff at some point. We knew that when we signed him, that the last couple of years were probably going to be garbage on his contract. Uh, but Yelich is a big one. We, we need him to get his shit figured out. Yep. Well, you know, we'll see how they keep doing, and we will play 220 in the <laughs> next few weeks because I feel like Skonzi's really going to win. I'm going to take the under on everybody. Ooh, uh-oh, Christian Yelich finally got a hit in yeah, June. Yeah, that's what Matthew said. So, <laughs> hey, he broke. he's off the schneid. Onward and upward. True. All right. So we're running. We're running a little bit close on time. I know we started a little bit late. Um, is there anything left on the board that you would like to speak about? Um, part of me wants to make you angry. Part of, like I've done a really I'm, good job not getting angry, so it's not going to happen. I don't think. I know. Maybe it and it's like this. This might be our worst podcast episode ever. Can't Why? Because I'm not me. angry. You're not angry. Um, let's see. So I, I'm torn because the LIV golf tour is interesting, but we're not going to really get mad about it. The gun reform topic, I think you might get mad about, but it's not surprising. So, and then the rest of the stuff is just kind of meh. There, there, there is actually one that I'm not going to get angry with because I'm not doing the anger thing, but, uh, there is one that, 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 uh, that stands out. If you can guess what that one is, we'll talk about it. Otherwise, we're moving on. I figure you want to talk about the delivery judgment. That is incorrect. Although I looked at that and I wasn't sure what the jug was. I was so confused. 
And then and now, obviously, so, I, I figured out what it is. There's a, I'll just share it with everybody. But there isn't. So which one do you want to talk about? No, we're not talking about it. We're gonna people. People are gonna have to wait. We're doing random rankings. I got to talk about this meme though. So there's this meme. It's not really a meme, but it was a picture. It was uh, some kid's homework, some like eight-year-old kid or something, and uh, and then it, like this teacher had wrote on his homework, "You need to show your work," and the kid wrote. In my head, don't jug me. <laughs> it's the funniest shit. It makes me it makes me laugh. Um, okay, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. It would be the uh, Tampa Bay Rays thing. Okay, so we'll talk about that one. That one, that one to me was a meh, but let's go for it. So, five Tampa Bay Rays pitchers opted out of wearing the Rays Pride Night uniforms, which included the gay pride logo, saying their religious beliefs wouldn't allow it, but also saying that they accept everyone. One pitcher, Jason Adam, says when we put it on our bodies, I think a lot of guys decided that it's a lifestyle that maybe, not that they look down on anybody or think differently, it's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior, just like Jesus encourages me as a male to abstain from sex outside of the confines of marriage. It's no different. So that was just a bunch of word vomit. But this one was interesting to me because I feel like at this time last year, we had talked a lot about the like rainbow washing where people just try to like cash in on the LGBT community by having support nights and all of these things and making merchandise. And like this really kind of strikes me in some of that like rainbow washing way. But I also think that it's an interesting conversation piece. So since you want to talk about it, I will give you the floor and I will respond off of you. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it pretty simple, actually. Um, so so this person said, uh, I I live my life to serve Jesus, who said, love everybody, except the gay people. It is in the Bible. Go look it up. It specifically says gay people. You are allowed to hate them and not wear them on your jersey for your baseball team that you play for and make millions of dollars. It's in the fucking Bible. So clearly, this guy is 100% on point, and I don't hope that he stubs his toe really, really hard. That's, that's what I got. All right, well. I had a lot more I, things, but I'm, I'm going to go right there. Fair enough. Like, I just think that it, like, the whole... It's just a very interesting thing, right? Because MLB does this with so many things. They do this with Pride. They do it with all of the military days, Mother's Day, Father's Day, blah, 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 blah. They merchandise everything. So, I don't know. It's, like, it struck me as a very, I don't really know how to feel about it, if I'm being honest. I'm like, y'all are going to do you, which now we know who you are, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I I, I, I think I think I think Wiggum really nails it, right? It's there, and, and this is this is not. I'm gonna, I'm going to preface this is these are my thoughts, not old man Wiggum's. I'll tell you when I switch to old man what old man Wiggum says. This is something that happens all the time. This is kind of a big part of of the belief of not everybody. But a lot of people, this is something that is very commonplace. This is something that happens not just in the LGBTQIA plus area, but it happens everywhere. 
This is people using their religion, hiding behind their religion to be a bigot. That's what it is. These are people who it's very easy for them to say, oh, my religion says that I have to hate you. Now, they're not ballsy enough to say that I hate you because you're gay. They're just saying, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to give off that it's okay for you to be gay, but I'm okay if you're gay. It's perfectly okay. Like, I still love you, but I, well, I don't love you like that. I, you know, I'm, I, it's not like that, but, uh, but it's okay if you want to be that way. I don't want you to be that way, and I don't want my kids to see you, and God forbid you should kiss in fucking public, but it's okay. I, I support you. I just don't support you. You know what I mean? That's what it is. I really want to get angry, but I made a point to not get angry. All Bas right, so we'll move on. Basically, all of these guys can go fuck themselves. And uh, and and they can get reputedly punched in the dick or whatever it was that Matthew said. All right, we're moving on to something a little bit happier. And it is... Random Rankings. All right, for Random Rankings this week... We like drafting things. Today, we draft from bestproducts.com and their 30 summer products to celebrate the season, baby. <laughs> so, summerproducts.com or bestproducts.com or whatever they call themselves gave us a list of random products that we can draft. I was trying to figure out if we wanted to do this by a monetary amount or just the product that we thought was the best or that we just like the best. And these products range from like $6 to like $300. So I was like, I don't know that we can set a dollar amount because we'd be like $200 and then Sconzi gets one <laughs> product. And then I have, you know, 97 products, including insect repellent. So <laughs> we're just going to draft stuff that sounds fun. And we're going to bring to your attention some of the best products on this list. And as a spoiler, the reason that I chose this article is because there is one singular product that I was very close to purchasing that I may still actually oh, purchase at some point. I think we have to start with that one because I have guesses. I have guesses. Let me <laughs> let me actually change to this. So you can see the list. Um, Brian's picture is gone. I'm not going to try to set it up. But uh, so let's just let's just run through this. I'm going to go through this really quickly. So we've got a watermelon tap kit. We've got uh -huh. the uh, floating ping, floating beer pong table, uh, beach blanket, uh, ice pop molds, this uh, lounge inflatable lounger, uh, snow cone maker, sunscreen. Inflatable drink holders. Okay. Uh, stemless margarita glasses, some fruit pool floats, golf club style barbecue tools, because who doesn't need those? Uh, a hammock, uh, kebab grilling baskets, electric cooler and warmer, another cooler, little kids recliners, some lights, a tent, uh, a hat that says do not disturb. Okay. Uh, this thing, a three ball kit. Um, I want to make a joke, but I'm not going to. So collapsible cornhole. Uh, citronella, there's Brian's insect repellent spray, shot glass mold, inflatable pizza, because who doesn't need a fucking inflatable pizza? Uh, insulated wine tumbler, a camera, who needs that? Resealable silicone, reusable silicone bag, um, reusable metal straw, and a glass pitcher. So B, uh, first of all, I'm sorry for everyone who's looking at the chat. Um, I guess you'll probably only see it if it's on stream. It's like YouTube is going stupid uh what is the one let me can it can i can i guess can i guess what you it can is guess you can guess. Right, here we go that's my guess right there 
the collapsible right, portable cornhole boards. Am I right? You are wrong. Oh, dang it. Right so I actually, I actually have cornhole boards already, so I don't need those. But uh, what I don't have is an electric cooler and warmer. Oh. It's a portable fridge. It is a portable the fridge, yeah. Car cooler is a portable and compact option that travels well. Its 40-liter volume is large enough to hold up to 60 cans of soda, making it perfect for camping or beach trips or cabin trips. Just stow it behind the seat until you reach your destination, and then you can plug it in, baby! You know what I didn't I notice? At, it looks like it's got a regular wall outlet, too, so you can, like, It does! It. Oh, okay. It does! That's exactly why I was like, oh my god, that's brilliant. Like, legit. Like, what? I, I I looked at it and was like, I don't know that I can justify spending $190 on this. But it's pretty nice, though. It's pretty amazing. Like, legit. So we are, you know, spoilers for all of you. Skanzi and I have committed to a trip to a cabin. And I looked at that and I was like, that's pretty sweet. And then I do my other cabin trip in August spoiler i will not be here for that week <laughs> and i was like dude this would also be awesome for that because yeah. normally i have to like keep my beer in the like downstairs mini fridge but if i had this i just keep my beer in the electric cooler and warmer because the cooler and warmer i think it said it was like it could be like from 40 degrees to 60 degrees okay like easy peasy man like totally make it work nice very I don't cool. Know. So that so that was my one, but I like I said, I don't know that I can. Uh, it's a little bit pricey. It's a little bit pricey. Uh, I don't know that yeah. I can force myself into spending hundred ninety dollars on a cooler that I'm going to use for two trips a year. That's fair. That's fair. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with something that's a little bit shocking. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with this hammock. And here's the thing, okay? Uh, somewhere in here, I must have clicked on it and looked at it or something. Oh, right here. It can hold up to 500 pounds. Now, if you didn't know, I am a fat bitch. I haven't been in a hammock since I was about 12 years old. This thing could hold me now, in theory, only. Because I would never actually get on this thing because I guarantee it wouldn't be secured well enough and it would fall and my fat ass would be on the ground. But in theory, the idea of being able to lay in a hammock is pretty fucking cool. I'm going with the hammock. I was actually going to take the hammock because I thought that that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just got to find some big old trees, right? <laughs> very, very, very big trees. <laughs> Make it work. So now that I've taken my cooler, we got to figure out what else I want to draft. I was actually thinking about, as weird and as kind of almost lame as it sounded, the golf club style barbecue tools. Because who doesn't need some cool looking barbecuing <laughs> tools that look like golf club stuff? Did I go the wrong way? I don't know where it's at. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad. I mean... I don't really care for golf all that much, but it works. I don't either, but, like, I, I like cool, and, like, those actually look like they're actually pretty decent. I don't know, maybe they're not, but they look like they could be pretty <laughs> decent as far. Like, like who doesn't want to flip their burgers with, like, a putter? <laughs> that is fair. That is fair, yeah. 
Uh, I think my chat's acting up, so I'm going to restart it quick. I mean, I maybe shouldn't have drafted those first, but... Uh, all right. So I'm going to go with some more grilling stuff. I'm going to go with these kebab grilling baskets. Oh, I knew I made the mistake. Because... I was totally uh, going to take the kebabs. Yeah, because kebabs are freaking amazing, right? Like you're grilling vegetables, which is awesome. And you don't have to worry about trying to stick that stupid rod through all of them. Uh, yeah, like this is baller. I'd be all over this. Yeah, I, I knew I made the mistake of not taking the <laughs> kebabs with my last pick, but I had already committed. So oh, are we only doing? Are, are we doing? Oh, you mean the pick you just had? Gotcha. Never mind. Yeah. Keep going. So you have taken two wonderful things, and now I am slightly tilting. So <laughs> let us think about this list. I'm definitely not going to take the sun hat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, although the sun hat might be kind of fun, right? Who doesn't want a sun hat? I mean, that's true. All right, so I am going to go with another item that might be interesting, but this item requires you to be in the water because it's the original floating beer pong table. Oh. So, you know, just be hanging out in a pool, playing some pong. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad idea. It kind of interests me a little bit. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. I am going to go to the one just above that, though. The watermelon tap? Watermelon tap. I mean, I'm just thinking you just cut the top off a watermelon, you, like, fucking mix up all the shit inside, add a bottle of vodka, you're done. Like, I'm happy. I'm a happy man. I got my kebabs. I'm sitting in my hammock or laying in my hammock, and I got my watermelon, you know, vodka drink or whatever. I'm Ooh, set. See, see, you made this like a whole summer party. Look at that. Yeah, man. That's how I do it. Hmm. Oh, man. Now, you, now you're making it tough for me because a lot of what we have left is... Not great. Now, this is very disappointing, Skanzi. I cannot lie. I cannot so, lie. There are two things that I'm going to take that are. I can't take both of them right now. But. Take them both. both. Of the you things, get two more, and then I'm going to take two more, and then we're wrapping up. Oh, I'm not taking both of them because they're both boring. But. <laughs> I'll take one, one that's things, not boring then. One of the things that I'm going to take is the sunscreen. Because I've realized that as I've gotten older, my neck does not like when I get a sunburn. So, gotta have that sunscreen for this party. Alright. What you got? Oh, you're not taking both of them? Take two. I'm not taking both. Well, what? You were just doing one more and then we're done? Okay, then I will take. Uh, I don't remember. I was just looking at it. Um, you know what? Fuck with it. I'm, I'm, since you won't do it, wherever it's at, I'm taking the insect repellent because, god damn it, I don't want mosquito bites. Yep, that was going to be my second one. So <laughs> I knew you were going for it. I wanted yeah. to leave it for you, well, considering what we've discussed off stream. <laughs> yeah, I, I sent, I sent uh, Brian a message a couple days ago. I said, hey, uh, I just spent $100 on insect repellent, basically. Kind of. 
I mean, it was $100, but yeah. Anyway, that's what we're doing. So I am not going to get bit while I'm sitting in my hammock with my freaking shish kebab and my fake vodka uh, watermelon thing. That's the life right there, man. It is. We combined, we got a really good party. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Well, we will in a month or so, hopefully. Cool. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, we got that. So... It is now time to move on to B's extra point and you know just take a look at Brian he is looking sexy <laughs> as hell this week I'm just saying just very gray very gray <laughs> so considering that you can't see me I will pretty much cede my time but as always thank you for joining us thank you for being part of the uh, podcast thank you for being part of the streams we greatly appreciate it continue to uh, strive for your dreams because that's always important everybody that's it that's all you got holy smokes I wasn't oh, ready I to go yet uh, yeah you know, I, I had I had to I had a thought, and uh, I was pulling it up on my phone, and then I saw another thing that pop, popped up, and now I'm kind of going back and forth. I'm not sure which one I want to go with. Um, you know what? I'm going to be an asshole. And I'm going to do both of them really quick. How many shades of gray would you say he is? You know what? That's a private question, Rich. Don't ask that stuff. So the other day, my Apple Watch popped up. I said, hey, you should do uh, mindfulness stuff. I said, all right. And then I chose one of the options and said, popped up and goes, think about a recent moment when you felt a sense of purpose and how it inspired you. And I couldn't think of anything. And that felt really bad. Like really, really bad. So... I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking on that. And I think the second one kind of plays into that a little bit. So I saw this. Uh, this was a Reddit post. <laughs> you never know where those are going to go, but this was a good one. Uh, so basically somebody wrote in, said, hey, I know this is pandering. I've been depressed. I haven't hit the gym. He's calling out to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can you tell me to get off my lazy ass and hit the gym? I swear that I'll start doing it or whatever. And Schwarzenegger responded to him. He says, I'm not going to be that hard on you. Please don't be that hard on yourself. We all go through challenges. We all go through failure. Sometimes life is a workout. But the key thing is you get up. Just move a little. Roll out of bed and do some push-ups or go for a walk. Just do something. One step at a time. I hope you feel better and get back to the gym. But don't beat yourself up. Because that's just useless talk. It doesn't get you closer to the gym. And don't be afraid to ask for help good luck and I thought that uh, as I was just looking those two over they kind of go hand in hand right because as, as much as I, I wanted to beat myself up by the fact that in life I want to feel purpose I want to feel inspired I think all of us do and all of us should and uh, I took that to kind of a negative spot to say well why why am I not and I think that it's important to remember that things aren't always going to be perfect and maybe you're not always where you want to be but that doesn't mean you can't get there. It doesn't mean that you can't keep pushing. It doesn't mean that you don't take that one step, whatever that one step may be. And you start moving in the direction you need to move to. So uh, one of the ways that I'm doing that is, is I'm going to put some time and thought into this and look for what that purpose is. Like, I, I love the fact that we do this podcast and I specifically came into it this week not to get angry. There's reasons for that too, but we'll save that for another day. 
and I achieved that, I think, for the most part, right? I don't think I got stupid angry. And, um, yeah, so I don't know how to wrap this up very succinctly and nicely, but uh, I guess I guess in the end it's give yourself some grace and go out there and find what it is that gets you excited and uh, gets you moving and gets you happy and purposeful and, and passionate about life and what you're doing. And that's what I got, B. You want to wrap us up, bud? All right. Well, you can find me on uh, on Twitter at LandmarkMKE. You can find Skonzi on Twitter at Skonzi. You can find the podcast, AQ underscore P-R-O-D, on Twitter. You can find the podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. So please check your podcast app for us at We Random. You can watch the video on YouTube. You can find Skonzi on YouTube, Glimish, Twitch, and anywhere that things are sold by Amazon Sidewalk. So... <laughs> Until next time, take care of yourself, continue to try to keep your eyes on the horizon, and take care. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. I'm dancing by myself this week, but I'm happy and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs>